Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. 
Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast, a very special edition of the show tonight, Tuesday, March 8th into Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and if you'd like to contact us tonight, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com and give us a call at 520-367-2064, that's 520-367-2064. You can also find us on Facebook, Gab and Gitter. Check us out on Patreon. And I'd like to welcome you, no matter where you are listening around the world, not only to the broadcast this evening, but to the Secret Teachings Archive, which is available on all the podcast and radio players. You can listen to the archive for free. If you want to get the ad-free version of the show, though, you subscribe on the website to the archive You get more than just the show archive, though. You get montages and digital books. And a big special welcome and thank you to all of you listening in that archive at thesecretteachings.info. I just got finished listening, as most of you probably did, to Michael on his cosmic quantum tunneling and the consciousness of plants. And I thought that was a really great discussion. It's something that I've thought quite a bit about. I have a section on that in my book, The Technological Elixir. And it's interesting if you study plant hallucinogenics, if you study DMT, if you study LSD, the effects that these substances have on the body are very, very similar to the effects that certain substances that are like these substances and certain substances that are different like ayahuasca, peyote, etc., They have a similar kind of thing that happens to shamans, if you think about it. You know, because shamans, they go into the other world. Sometimes they have spirit animals that guide them, or they have humanoid spirits that guide them, or therianthropic spirits, half human, half animal, half insect, half animal, half insect, half human, etc. And they guide them through the spirit world, the underworld, Sometimes they're taken underground. Sometimes they're taken into what seems like some kind of other dimension through a portal. There's a lot of geometry. In DMT studies, the Strassman study, the famous book, there's the machine elves, a lot of technology, a lot of geometry. But it's really a very similar thing, especially when you consider that shamans often have spirit children. They have spirit wives or husbands. They come back with immense knowledge. They've been dismembered and gone through pain and suffering their bodies have literally been dismembered in the other world they've got implants in their body i mean these are things that are really really similar to alien abductions are they not aliens come at a young age we have the plant memories of the owl there's insectoids there's reptilians there's felines there's children that are born out of these sexual encounters some 
men and some women have what might be considered to be alien partners that visit them more than once. They go through some kind of experimentation. There's implants. They have these downloads of information. They come back into our world, and they usually feel better about our world. They're given some kind of knowledge. Shamans, it's healing. For alien abductees, it's a similar form of healing, healing the planet, right? I mean, these are all similar stories that have been told for tens of thousands of years, whether they were in shamanistic cultures or they're in uh, medieval Europe or Victorian Europe, or they are more like modern-day UFO encounters, you know. And then, of course, you have things from shamans to UFOs to fairies to just average everyday people who don't take hallucinatory substances and who might not know anything about shamanism. And they usually are classified as alien abductees when they have these experiences because they slip into these states of mind in a way that kind of seems artificial, but it's organic. And a lot of scientists and researchers believe the body produces a little bit too much DMT. And so they slip into that state as if they had taken DMT. It's about 2% of the population it's averaged at. So it's really interesting, I think. Uh, Shamanism, alien abductions, fairies, and then just common folk. Tens of thousands of years. It's kind of interesting, too, because this might also be where our concept of religion, our ideas for artistic expression... And a lot of other things come from it's also very similar to the mystery schools of Greece and Egypt and ancient Sumer and Babylon going into the other world, being dead for three days, risen like Lazarus from the grave, like Jesus, like Orpheus ripped apart. Mythology is filled with these stories and these archetypes. And I'm sure that this also has an effect on the collective unconscious and subconscious and, of course, the conscious mind. And it's part of our genetics, part of our DNA. Something else we've talked about a lot recently because, you know, DNA is one of those things where Francis Crick, the co-discoverer of of DNA, was literally high on LSD when he discovered the double helix. But the double helix has been seen by people probably for tens of thousands of years going back to 25,000, 27,000, roughly, it's estimated 25, 27,000 years ago in Africa, 35 to 40,000 years ago in Europe, and particularly Southern Europe, and a lot of caves. What you're going to find is you're going to find expressions of of otherworldly experiences. You're going to find that geometry, those therianthropes, and you're going to find that DNA in that geometry, that double helix, and that's what Francis Crick discovered. Francis Crick also believed that you know this DNA was... A lot of scientists believe this. This DNA was way too complex to have developed on its own. It had to have been started by something, initiated by something. And then from that point onward, there can be an evolutionary development. In other words, creationism and evolutionary development coexisting together in more of like a unified theory. And then that also brings in the moon. Some researchers believe the moon might have had a dramatic effect on the development of DNA because something needs to break apart those DNA strands. Something needs to mix and match all of those chemicals and make sure things come together to to create this incredible thing that is the basis of all life. And the moon might have done that with its pull on the oceans when it was much closer to this earth. We also know the moon being 400 times smaller than the sun, but 400 times closer to the earth. 
and having a whole list we've discussed on recent shows. I did a show called Death Star. We talked about the moon as an anomalous object. We know that Apollo 12 and Apollo 13 crashed pieces of the equipment, the lunar module, the Saturn V, part of the Saturn V rocket into the moon. We know it rang like a bell. That's a quote from NASA. NASA believes the moon is hollow. But these are things we don't hear about, right? We don't think about the incredible complexity of our DNA and how that is the fingerprint of God. That is the fingerprint of intelligent design. We look up in the sky every single night. I looked up in the sky this morning. I saw the moon. And every time we look up and we see the moon, we don't think. We don't consider that what is looking back at us, only the near side because of the rotation We only see the near side. We don't see the far side. What is looking back at us is proof of intelligent design, not just in the sense that it exists in this seemingly impossible mechanism and capacity, but the fact that the moon is more than just a a natural wonder. It is also an anomaly that cannot be explained by science, that cannot be explained by any current modern theory. But we still teach kids in school the moon has a core. We still teach kids in school DNA just kind of evolved and developed. And that's really wrong. That's, that's not doing our species any good. At least I don't think so. But there's a lot of things that we don't learn about. There's a lot of things we don't think about. A lot of things that you either have to put them together yourself or you tune into a radio show like this. And I'm honored that you have tuned into the radio show tonight. Taking over for Joe Roop this hour, he's got some computer problems, a special three-hour edition of The Secret Teachings tonight here on The Fringe FM. We don't really hear about things like, well, you know, you know, you know what March is, right? What is March? It's March Madness. Sure, it's March Madness. But March is also the month of a very, very, very famous historical event. That historical event is the assassination of Julius Caesar. It happened on March 15th of 44 BC. And we now know that as the middle of the month. We know it as the Ides of March. The Ides of March, much like DNA, much like the moon, much like shamanistic practices, alien abductions, fairies, you name it, it's not, some, not just something that we're not really informed about. We don't really think about. We're not encouraged to think about. We just accept what is there on the surface. But what is this date historically? And why is it significant still to this day? A lot of reasons for that. Personally, I'm not going to look at all of those reasons, but I'm going to point something out to you that I find really interesting. Today is March 8th into March 9th of 2022. And... On March 15th, we have the anniversary of the assassination of Julius Caesar. The calendar dates aren't exactly the same, of course, but it's the Ides of March on the 15th for us. That's the Ides of March. And it's interesting because U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham has compared Vladimir Putin to Julius Caesar. Isn't that kind of strange? Maybe it's not so strange. He did this on March 3rd in a Twitter 
post or tweet. I don't know what the kids call them. <laughs> you know, I don't really do a lot of social media, but on March 3rd, Lindsey Graham, U.S. Senator, called Julius, uh, Vladimir Putin Julius Caesar. I just, I, I don't know. I think that's interesting considering that, well, March 1st into February into March 1st is also the beginning of the Pluto returns. Now, we talked about this on a show recently as well. Pluto is conjunct to the United States for the first time since July 4th, 1776, right? 1776, July 4th. I'm sure you know what that day is historically. It's also interesting if you multiply because we had this really weird cosmic numerological synchronicity, as some refer to it, February 22nd, 2022, the beginning of the Pluto returns, 2 times 2 times 2 times 2 times 22, or 222, 2 times 2 times 2 times 222 gives you 1776 if you play with the numbers that way, but the point is Pluto returns for the first time since July 4th, 1776, conjunct to the United States. Historically, knowing that Pluto represents destruction and rebirth, the birth of a new nation for Americans, but also destruction, Pluto returns signified the end of the Severan dynasty about 216, 222 CE, and in 461 through 467 roughly CE, Pluto returned for the end of the Roman Empire. So again, Roman Emperor Julius Caesar was assassinated on March 15th, 44 BC, the Ides of March. That's coming up in a few days. It's interesting because U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham just compared Vladimir Putin to Julius Caesar on March 3rd, just days, hours after the Pluto returns, which historically signaled the end of the Roman Empire. I find that fascinating. I also find it fascinating that seven years ago, Russia's Victory Day holiday was celebrated with a bust of Vladimir Putin as Julius Caesar. Now, why does that matter? Because it shows us, just like at the heart of DNA, just like the heart of the moon, The DNA is like the microcosmic fingerprint of intelligent design. The moon is the macrocosmic fingerprint of intelligent design. And this is the underlying energetic and spiritual, numerological, synchronistic, symbolic, archetypical, mythological, call it whatever you want, current that is underlying all of material reality. This is the code in the matrix. This is the twilight language. These are the things that drive our existence forward. And we need to be aware of Ides because the Ides signify treachery and death. And I told you on February 22nd, 2022, not because I'm a pessimist, but because I'm a realist. I said, this is not going to bring about all these happy, wonderful days that people think well, it's the Pluto returns is 2-22-2022. Yes, you can use that for magical work. You can use that for, for self-development. But this isn't going to, to breed a better world just because of a significant date, just because of an astronomical alignment. 
because Pluto, again, is destruction and rebirth. And what do we hear all the time in the news, all the time on television and radio? What do we see and read in print? We see the same thing over and over again. The world needs to be reset. We need to build back better. How do we build back better? Well, to build back means something had to have been destroyed for us to build it back, so the new world can only be established on the ashes of the old world. Obviously, a very similar concept to the four olds of the Communist Party of China and the four olds of the Communist Party of China had to be destroyed before the three red banners campaign. You know, those three red banners in the Biden-Harris campaign logo. Those three red banners to build a better socialist state, the four olds, ideas, culture, habits, and customs, those things have to be destroyed to build a new world. And so it begins. President Joe Biden is blaming increasing high gas prices on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. That happened today. You might think that has nothing to do with DNA or the moon. No, this is a a stream of consciousness, a stream of thought. Follow along with me, and I promise you this will make a lot more sense. Crude oil went up 7% within 24 hours from last night to tonight. Americans are paying some of the highest prices ever. The White House calls it, quote, Putin's price hike. What you might not know is that on March 7th, the Biden administration moved to target trucks and buses in order to reduce air pollution. Did you know that? Yesterday, before Joe Biden blamed high gas prices on Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. Oh, and by the way, did I forget to mention, Joe Biden has also banned importation of Russian oil. That's a pretty important piece of information. But 24 hours before he did that, Joe Biden and his vice president, outlined ways to take trucks and buses and replace them with those that are electrical. Sounds like a good idea, maybe, or maybe not. It's all about green policies, and these green policies have resulted in higher energy costs. These green policies have resulted and are going to result in higher costs of living. Now, Putin didn't do that. Biden's policies did, or those that control Biden, those people did that. And it began in January 2021 when he initiated his policy with a suspension of gas and oil leasing. Remember that? Maybe we have amnesia. We don't remember that. Gas prices started to go up then. But whether it's oil prices, overall energy costs, or climate change, apparently Putin is responsible for all of this after a seamless transition from a global health crisis to what amounts to at least on TV, the beginnings of World War III. That's what everybody wants to play now. And the CDC has said, don't worry, get in your bunker, social distance in the bunker, wear a mask in the bunker, that'll protect you from disease, not radiation, of course, and fallout. Now, what we're not told about all of this is we're actually facing a different kind of health crisis. You know, obesity, heart disease, cancer, stroke, diabetes, things that are 40 to 80% reversible and or treatable in virtually every case, according to the Centers for Disease Control. Carbon dioxide makes the world greener, according to NASA and according to any scientist who's worth their while. Carbon dioxide makes the world greener. It actually prevents plants from losing water, meaning that there's less drought. There's actually fewer forest fires today. There's a lot of fires. Land isn't burned as much as it had been in the past. 
there's actually fewer climate-related deaths today, like a substantially less amount of climate-related deaths. There's fewer heat waves today, and there's more oil, there's more copper, there's more aluminum, there's more zinc than ever before. Now, how, how's that possible? How's there more oil? How's there more resources? Well, because we're getting better at extracting them, at finding them. We're also getting better at substituting certain things, and we're getting better at estimating. That's what it's all based on, estimation. We don't know. We don't know how much aluminum we can extract from the earth. We don't know how much copper we can extract from the earth. We don't know how much oil we can extract from the earth. We just have estimates. That's all that we have. We have estimates. We don't know. Did you know back in 1914, the Bureau of Mines estimated we had 10 years of oil left? In 1914, in 1939, the Department of the Interior established we had 13 years left. And they established the same number in 1951. Turns out we've got a lot of oil. So what's going on in the world? We're moving from COVID-19 or COV-1 or CO-1 to CO-2, carbon dioxide. These decisions have resulted in record profits for major corporations. They're not price gouging. They are charging what you'll pay because most of their competition has been eliminated. And the competition that remains struggles to get by because small businesses have been shut down. Putin didn't do that. The virus didn't do that. Humans did that. And of course, oil companies are going to make record profits. All of this is artificial scarcity created in the name of public health, war, etc. It's poisoned the minds of common people with the idea that the world is going to end. Doomsday, the apocalypse. All of this is building to a crescendo where we agree to assassinate not our leaders, like Brutus and Julius Caesar, but we agree to assassinate ourselves in the name of saving the planet for our emperor. And who is our emperor? Our emperor is Klaus Schwab, Dr. Fauci, Bill Gates. These are just figureheads. These are just archetypes of evil and authoritarians that want to control our lives. This is why the Ides matter this is why we need to pay attention to the middle of March every year. March 8th into March 9th, 2022. We're going to take some calls in the next segment. 520-367-2064. 520-367-2064. And I saw a couple of people called already. Go ahead and call back. I'm working with a different system tonight, so I'm trying to do most of this uh, on another device 520-367-2064 it's the secret teachings we're taking over for Joe Roop this hour he's got some internet problems and we'll continue our show through the normal hours next hour and the hour after that into the early mornings morning hours of March 9th 2022 stay with us there's a lot more after this again taking calls after break 520-367-2064 It's the Secret Teachings Radio, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, exclusively airing on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available is The Secret Teachings Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the name and start listening today for free. But if you want to avoid those annoying ads, head on over to thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to the ad-free archive. It's got old shows, new shows, and you can also download Ryan's digital books. 
Subscribe today. What are you waiting for? The end of the world? If you enjoyed the secret teachings and want to hold years of my research in your hands, visit our website and grab physical and digital copies of my books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, theology, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. And food philosophy might just change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Remember, shipping is always included with the books. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and get your copy today. The Secret Teachings is now on Gab and Getter. Search Ryan Gable on both to find the show or stick with The Secret Teachings in the Metaverse. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny we are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Do you have everything you need to explore The Secret Teachings? I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV and my secret TV channel. Looks like SpongeBob's ready. Are you? Hey, this is Charlie Robinson, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This is David Icke from davidike.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, a special three-hour edition tonight, taking over for Joe Roop. He's having some technical issues with his internet. We are live on The Fringe FM, March 8th into March 9th, 2022. Going to take some calls now. Don't be afraid to call in. 520-367-2064-520-367-2064. We'll take this call, 870 870- that's 870. You're on The Secret Teachings. What is your name, and where are you calling from tonight? It's Joe. Thanks for getting my back, brother. I hey, appreciate it. Hey, you got it, buddy. No problem. This first, but, but, this first but half hour just blew by already. Yeah, it it does that. I don't know if the commercials are going through or not. I can't tell because I'm on the phone, but either way, I know your voice is going through. So, yeah, I appreciate you and Michael getting my back on this. But what you were saying earlier about, um, you know, the astrological stuff mm-hmm. is I think people need to really think about what that means. You know, when you go through Pluto or you go through the death, you, there's two things that can happen, right? You, you either rise like a Phoenix. In other words, you wake up, wake up to the truth, right? And you 
move and break through the veil and pass through or you recycle. And what these people are betting on is that we keep recycling. As a matter of fact, they live off of it, that we recycle through these hypnotic rhythm states of all these, you know, I guess you could say metaphysical currencies, right? And if if people have any doubts about this, you don't have to look at it like from a woo state because we don't want to do that either. We want to use logic and a little bit of uh, rhetoric too. But uh, a lot of astrology was based on simple just algorithms of things that happen based on planetary alignments too. So there is real evidence of this stuff there that, you know, as, as far as the experimental version goes, it's not totally uh, woo, uh, you know what I mean? Some people look at it that way. And these people are tapping into this stuff, man, and they're betting that we recycle as a society and just stay under their glove. But, you know, we can... We can have our own rebirth individually, too, if we just wake up to this crap. Well, that's what I was saying about 2-2-2-2022 and the Pluto returns. For the individual, this can be used for beneficial, regenerative purposes. But otherwise, through the destruction of the Roman Empire and then the history of, for us, July 4th, 1776 is the birth of a new nation, but it was also the death or the decline of a great empire and that of Great Britain. So... It is death and resurrection. It's good for some, bad for others. Depends on how you look at it, what, yeah. what and how it affects you. And then for the individual, yes, you can use it for those beneficial purposes. When what you're saying is something I was also going to talk about tonight. It's in terms of energy, you're talking about oil, you're talking about gas, you're talking about rising costs, currency, money, war. All of that is a vampiric system that sucks the energy and the life out of the poorest people in society. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I got a guy here that, uh, you know, he's trying to fight landlords and stuff. And he's saying, you know, well, uh, they're doing this to me and they're doing that to me. So I'm going to get my lawyer and he's trying to go through the system. And I told him, I said, you know, that's not going to work. You're going to have to play a different game. You're going to, you have to use both metaphysical and, and logic, right? I try to tell people this, but you know, all they did was raise his rent. I mean, they're raising rent everywhere, but they really taxed him. So, of course, you know, they're not going to pay the lawyer fees and all this other stuff. They're just going to push him out with money. And the people that have money know how to do that. Until we understand this program, nothing's going to change. It's just going to keep recycling, you know. That's because currency is energy. And when we express ourselves and we go and we do a radio show like this, that's a lot of energy that goes into this show you know, our feedback in terms of currency might not be as much if you work at a job making $25 an hour, you put as much effort into something, you're going to make a lot more money back. But there's other forms of energy too. We get energy back from this show that you can't buy with money. There's different forms of success. People define that differently. So it's not just the energy that we get from currency and material things. There's also energy that we get cosmically, spiritually, internally, from God, from source, etc. And that's something that I think we should probably focus our attention on and tap into a little bit more because the people that are making profits, I'm not talking about oil companies and you know defense contractors, but the people that are using, like for example, the Ides of March, they're using this energy, this cosmic energy, this historical energy, this genetic energy to make energetic profit and to make financial, physical, material profit. They're accessing and tapping into this, and we're convinced it's just woohoo. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, they're on a whole other level, man. I mean, you don't have to read, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad to figure it out. You know, they <laughs> tank these markets on purpose, right? They do. 
they cause panic and disarray on purpose. Of so course. they can make money. They get in cheaper. They inflate things on purpose. They've been doing it forever. And it's, and they got their own game that they're playing. And, uh, what they hope is that we just sit around and go, well, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. So it is what it is. And of course, you know, there, there is things that we can do about it. And Manly P. Hall talked about this stuff a long time ago before Freemasonry got totally infiltrated. It was that we have to do this from our communities out. You know, if everybody woke up and just started working with their own communities and, and towns and state level stuff, it would work. But they don't want you doing that. They want to convince you that you have no power by all the fear and all the switching and all the stuff that they're doing. And this great reset is, is part of it, man. they they're going to change so much stuff. So they're going to make you feel like you're completely helpless. And there's nothing you can do you, about you, it. You would but own, you can own do nothing. About it. You can do things. You'll own nothing and love it, Joe. I mean, I've owned very little my whole That's life, right. and I've learned to love it, but not because yeah. not because someone else told me to love it. I mean, to me, it's sad that Florida is the only state that's recommending that we don't vaccinate children. I mean, that's a problem. Even the CDC's come out and put stats on this stuff, which you can't depend on them, anyways, but. And said that, you know, children are more likely to get, uh, what was it? Uh, I forget the name of it. Myocarditis, pericarditis. Yeah, my, that, that's it, right? And uh, still, yeah, we've got one state in the whole United States that's willing to stand up and say, I don't think we should be vaccinating our children. I mean, that's, that's a problem because everybody lays down, man. You got to lay down. That's what they've been trained to do. You got a good governor in Florida. That's part of the reason you need good yeah. leadership and people that aren't afraid to say what is accurate. I mean, when you think of this 55,000 page data dump also happened last week, the first FDA data dump of the Pfizer data that was uh, through the FOIA request. It was ruled by a federal judge that the FDA had to release 12,000 documents by the end of January and then 55,000 by March 1st and 55,000 the first by the end of the month or the first of the next month until about a half a million documents are dumped. The first data dump, there's no way anybody's gone through the 55,000 pages yet who's, you know, in the media or just average people. But no. we, we, we have a 38-page document. I've got a copy of it. It's on my website at thesecretteachings.info. It has nine, I think it's like eight and a half, nine pages of relatively small text that lists all of the side effects from the trial. Almost nine full pages of side effects that they knew about, that they knew about, and that they concealed. And now the Centers for Disease Control, Joe, is going to conceal, they're saying, all of the young adult into middle-aged data for vaccines for boosters because they said the public will just misinterpret it. I mean, these people are criminals on a level that is incomprehensible to the average. This is like supervillain James Bond stuff. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, Dr. David Martin has a presentation, I think you can find it on Rubble, where he pretty much shows all of these organizations that they've been building this uh, weapon since the late 80s and early 90s. uh, So that, you know, it's not just for depopulation, but it's also... Uh, for the pharmaceutical companies, too. And they're all criminals on the biggest level, and nothing is happening to them. The only thing that's happening is tons of money to shut certain people up, and that's it. So, that's so, what's happening. So and we got one governor in the United States fighting it. So you have literally an entire, it seems like the world, I don't know, I don't have that perspective because I'm, I'm in the United States, but 
it seems like the whole world has just shifted on a dime. Pandemic, 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 wear your mask, take your vaccine to why don't you support Ukraine? No concern over bombings in Somalia. No concern over Israel lighting up Syria. No concern over tens of thousands officially in VAERS data of people dying of vaccines needlessly. It's unreal. And that's part of the collective hive mind ideology. It's just literally a group of zombies, drones. It's very sad. You got that right, brother. Well, well, listen, Joe, thanks for uh, taking over, brother. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, you got it. We're going to take another call here in a second. So thank you for calling in as well. I didn't realize your number since you're calling in through this, this Skype here. No, it's all right. That's cool. It's totally cool. I'll be listening, man. And uh, keep it going, bro. All right, we're going to really hammer this in the next two hours. So if you're listening to The Secret Teachings, please stay tuned. Joe, thank you. And there goes Joe Roop. We have... I mean, I have like, I, I thought I was going to get into it in this hour, and, and I haven't. I mean, you've got Senator Lindsey Graham comparing Vladimir Putin to Julius Caesar at the beginning of March, the month of Ides. And if you don't know Ides, the middle of the month, the Ides of March, this is the historical date of the assassination of Julius Caesar. And for Russia's Victory Day holiday a couple of years ago, back in 2015, it was celebrated with a bust of Putin as Julius Caesar. And we need to be aware of this. We need to be aware of these Ides because treachery and death are prevalent, especially when the Ides fall at the beginning of the Pluto returns. Pluto is death and destruction and signified the death of the Roman Empire. This is not coincidental. This is cosmically and historically, I'd even suggest genetically, synchronistic and significant. These are things that we should be paying attention to. And because when we pay attention, we are paying with our energy. And our energy is electricity. It is currency. You know, I've I've seen so many things today about Ukraine and things today about gas prices. I read this one thing today, a meme on Facebook, and it said, yeah, gas prices are high. But guess what? You can choose to travel less. You can choose to carpool. You can choose to bicycle. You can choose to walk. You can choose public transportation. Ukraine cannot, and they're But for grace, we go. I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but it's interesting because it's literally a talking point in the UK. It's a talking point in the United States. Talking points that have nothing to do with Ukraine, by the way. Talking points that encourage people to get out of their cars, to take public transportation, to walk, to bike, so that we can eliminate the number of cars on the road, so that we can eliminate what is perceived to be deadly pollution that is drastically changing the planet by the second. These are just talking points of environmentalists that have been converted into talking points about a country that most people can't find on a map. I mean, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, said 
Hungary was invaded. Remember I played that clip? Joe Biden said the Uranians. I don't know what kind of alien species that is, but that the Uranians would never be won over by Vladimir Putin. I don't know what the Uranians are. Or Iran. maybe he said Iranians. Still incorrect. That's in the Middle East. These are literally environmentalist, green talking points that are being converted into wartime propaganda. And I have people telling me tonight on Facebook, hey, Ryan, you know that Vladimir Putin's a war crime instigator. He's a war criminal. He's instigating war crimes. He's killing civilians. I said, okay, disagree with that. I don't agree with killing civilians. Where, where are the civilians being killed? Can I see the civilians being killed? Oh, it's all over the news. Really? When they said they used cluster bombs? But it just says someone reported they used a cluster bomb. Can you prove that? No, there's no proof of that. Snake Island? Oh, they didn't die or tell their warship to go F themselves? Oh, they're actually alive? Oh, they surrendered? They didn't fight? Oh, okay. What are you saying? They're not heroic? That's not the point. We were told they were dead. We were told they said, hey, Putin, go F yourself. Didn't happen. All those heroic pictures of Zelensky all over Facebook and military fatigues, they ain't from 2022, folks. Miss Ukraine with a, well, that's an airsoft rifle she had. That's not a real, you know, firearm. That was all made up. And then you've got young Ukrainian girls, the ghost of Kiev. Oh, that's also made up. What am I supposed to believe? I'm supposed to believe Western media. I'm supposed to believe that RT News and Sputnik are spreading disinformation when our media has lied us into war after war after war after war. Are you saying that the Russians are good? Well, I don't hate average Russian people. But comparing Vladimir Putin to Julius Caesar on the Ides of March and encouraging the Russian people to assassinate the Russian leader, I think that calls for war. I think that is an act of aggression. I think that spurs on the so-called invasion of Ukraine. And I think that it encourages more violence. Lindsey Graham. But no, we say, Republicans and Democrats united, we love war. We want war. Remember the Ides of March are a time for treachery and death. They are rampant and they are prevalent. And this isn't just about Julius Caesar and the Ides of March and Vladimir Putin. There's a lot more going on because, see, Joe Biden this morning, March 8th, 2022, I'll play the clip for you. He banned the importation of Russian oil, and then he chose to gaslight the public while he did it. That's pretty classic, don't you think? All that gaslighting, all that manipulation. I'm announcing the United States is targeting the main artery of Russia's economy. Which is also going to target the main arm of the U.S. economy. In all imports of Russian oil and gas and energy. That means Russian oil will no longer be acceptable at U.S. ports and the American people will deal another powerful blow to Putin's war machine. Listen to that. Listen to that gaslighting. Listen to that gaslighting. The American people will deal another blow to Putin's war machine. Energy. That means Russian oil will no longer be acceptable at U.S. ports, and the American people will deal another powerful blow to Putin's war machine. 
Are they going to sanction Israel for bombing Syria? Are we going to sanction ourselves for bombing Somalia last week? Are we going to sanction ourselves for subsidizing conflict and funding proxy wars all across the Middle East and initiating regime changes in country after country after continent after continent? Uh, Are we going to sanction China for keeping millions of Muslims and Uyghurs in concentration camps right now? No, just the evil Russians. This is a move that has strong bipartisan support in the Congress and I believe in the country. Americans have rallied support, have rallied to support their Ukrainian people and made it clear we will not be part of subsidizing Putin's war. But we will for China. We made this decision in close consultation with our allies and our partners around the world, particularly in Europe, because a united response to Putin's aggression has been my overriding focus to keep all NATO and all of the EU and our allies totally united. Yes, let's keep all the allies united. The American people are leveraging our power with Vladimir Putin and saying, nope, we're not going to buy your oil. You know who that hurts? That doesn't hurt Vladimir Putin. That hurts the American people. The Russians have enough energy. Remember that Joe Biden also suspended the gas and oil leasing last year. Remember they removed the contract for the Keystone Pipeline. Remember when the White House, and this has been occurring for now a year and a half, has encouraged the slow production, basically encouraged not producing energy here in America. Remember when all that happened and gas prices rose and rose and rose and rose and then Putin invades Ukraine and it's Putin's price hike. Do you understand what's happening here? And then a day before, just yesterday, a day before today, just yesterday, a day before the Russian oil ban, the Biden administration goes after Gasoline-powered trucks and gasoline-diesel-powered buses saying that they're damaging to the environment. We're going to have to restrict those vehicles. Oh, it's very similar to states across the United States banning or attempting to ban gas-powered mowers and gas-powered lawn equipment and gas-powered vehicles by 2035 in California and gas stoves in New York City and You think that's all completely unrelated? Putin didn't do that. Biden's policies did. Governmental policies in different states did those types of things. Lockdowns shut down small businesses. The virus didn't do that. Putin didn't do that. This is all about shifting from the pandemic to the climate scare. And it's a big, fat, stinking lie, and joke. And people seamlessly go along with it because the American people, as Joe Biden said, have rallied behind these sanctions to stop Putin's war machine. I'm not rallying behind those sanctions. Those sanctions aren't hurting Putin. They're hurting me. My gas prices went up about a dollar in the last 14 days. That's not hurting Putin. That's making record profits 
for oil companies. And especially if you're a Democrat and you say you hate oil companies and big corporations, you're really helping them out right now. You also helped them out for the last two years when big corporations made record profits. And then you have the audacity, some people do, to blame that on price gouging. It's really, really incredible. But you know what all that means from a spiritual point of view? All those resources, we have lots of oil. We have plenty of oil. We have plenty of resources. It's artificial scarcity. And you know what artificial scarcity does? Not only does it terrify the public, places people into a low vibratory state, it also does something else really interesting. It sucks your energy. It's vampiric. You understand that what they're doing is they're literally sucking the life out of your state, out of your city, out of your town, out of your country. They're sucking the life out of it. And these are the same corporations and the same banks that supposedly are in support of all these climate initiatives. But we we, we got to stop the climate change. I had somebody else on Facebook tonight tell me, let's stop paying for oil and making these oil people rich. Let's get renewable energy. And it's like, well, we're, we're naturally going to get to renewable energy at, at some point, but renewable energy, with the exception of solar, doesn't provide the same kind of energy output. So what are we supposed to do? Just stop using fossil fuels entirely and pretend like we're out of them when we're not? Lie to people about the true nature of those emissions to convince us to get off those fossil fuels so we can shift to something that is more controllable. What we call renewable, that sounds good. You know, renewable sounds good. Solar is renewable, yeah. Uh, and wind is renewable, but wind doesn't really give us, you know, a lot of energy. Plus all that electricity you generate, you lose a lot of that electricity when you transmit it. So you want to switch to green renewable energies that won't produce as much output, therefore lowering the energy output, that will cause people to starve to death. That will cause people to die. But you're not concerned about that, right? Because Putin invaded Ukraine, and that's what we need to worry about is the Ukrainian people. They can't bike. Actually, I saw a lot of videos Ukrainians were biking. They can't walk down the street. I've seen plenty of videos Ukrainians walking down the street. Now, they're literally just taking climate change propaganda, and they are converting it into wartime propaganda. And the transition is it's pretty seamless, too. It's pretty seamless. And all these decisions are resulting, once again, in record profits for major corporations, oil companies, you name it. It's creating artificial scarcity in the name of public health, lockdowns, war, Ukraine. It's poisoning the minds of common people with the idea that the world is going to end. And all of this is building to a crescendo where we agree to assassinate ourselves in the name of saving the planet for our emperor. We're not going to be like Brutus. We're not going to go assassinate Vladimir Putin we're not going to go assassinate, you know, the people doing this to us. 
But like U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham said, Vladimir Putin's like Julius Caesar, except Brutus isn't going to assassinate Julius Caesar. We're being conditioned to assassinate ourselves. Only after our energy has been adequately absorbed by these vampires. And that's what it's all about. It's about energy. Oil, gas, coal, natural resources, whatever you want to call it. It's energy. We need it to heat our homes. We need it for transportation. We need it for food. If you cut this off, what Joe Biden did is not only an act of war and a declaration of war on Russia, it is an act of war and a declaration of war on you and on your family and on the American people. And it's so sick that people listen to that statement right there that I just made and say, this guy must be a conservative. No dipshit. I'm not a conservative. It goes kind of like this. You cut off the energy, people are going to die in record numbers in the modern age for man-made, artificial, synthetic disasters. All in the name of protecting the environment, right? All in the name of saving the world from climate change, which is an environmental disaster. It's something that is leading to to all these horrible things, except here's the reality of the situation. Climate-related deaths have plummeted since 1920 when they were roughly about 475, 480,000 to below about, it's like 20,000, maybe even less than that. I mean, in 2020 and 2021, it went down to maybe a few hundred. So where are all these climate deaths? Where are all of these, that's official statistic, where are all of these COVID-19 deaths? Can anybody explain that to me? Where are the climate deaths at? Oh, people are dying in the third world. Yes, people always die in the third world. You know what one of the reasons people are dying in the third world is? Well, lockdowns, artificial man-made disasters. And if you cut power off, you're going to kill a lot more people. And they can sit there and they can somehow do it by gaslighting you and pretending that they are doing it to help you. That's Stockholm Syndrome. That's mass psychosis. That's delusion. That's mental illness. That's a distortion of reality. That's illusions of grandeur. And we sit here and we think, ah, it's just about politics. Ah, it's just about oil. Ah, so what if Lindsey Graham compared Vladimir Putin to Julius Caesar? Don't you see the synchronistic connections to this? It is March 2022. We are approaching the Ides of March. The Ides, historically, was when Julius Caesar was assassinated. You compare uh, compare Vladimir Putin to Julius Caesar, not only during the Ides of March, you compare Vladimir Putin to Julius Caesar, also on the Pluto returns that historically led to the downfall of the Roman Empire. And I'm supposed to think, All of that is totally unrelated to the climate change propaganda that's been converted into wartime propaganda 
to make me feel little and insignificant and dirty and like a bad person if I don't want rapid changes in our structure, in our methods, in our modes of living and transportation and food, etc. That will kill millions of people. I must just be a bad person and I, I guess I support Vladimir Putin. I, I don't know. Just thinking makes you dangerous, I guess. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Our normal show hours coming up right now on The Fringe FM. We're going to go into this in great detail. Stay tuned. We'll be back. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available as TST Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the show name and start listening today for free. And if you want to avoid those annoying ads, visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our ad-free archive with some of our older shows included. You'll get a private RSS feed and access to the montage archive and my digital books. Subscribe today or listen to the free show archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, grab a physical and digital copy of his books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Visit thesecretteachings.info. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey there, this is Greg Carlwood of the Higher Side Chats, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable.
Welcome back to the Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. You are tuned into the Fringe FM, where the Secret Teachings airs Monday through Friday, five nights a week. You can find us on the radio and podcast players all over the internet. Search the Secret Teachings. You'll hear a lot of advertisements in those shows. So if you'd like to get the ad-free version of the show, the ad-free archive, the private RSS feed, go to www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today. You'll also get access to my digital books and our montage archive. It is, again, www.thesecretteachings.info. I just got new copies of Occult Arcana in today, my big esoteric book. You can grab a copy of that on our website as well. We have separate pages for each book. When you buy a book, when you subscribe, that's what keeps us on air Monday through Friday. Also on Patreon, search The Secret Teachings for behind-the-scenes content. Our affiliate sponsor, Pro One Water Filters, on the website, the link at the top of the page. Basically, if you don't support us, we're not here. And I make like maybe 800 bucks a month. And that's not a lot to live on, as you can imagine. So being brutally honest with you, if you don't support us, we're not here. Tonight we are here, though, March 8th into March 9th, 2022, an extended three-hour version of the broadcast this evening. Our good friend Joe Rupon Lighting the Void had some internet issues, so he was off air last hour, and we took that hour spot after Michael. If you want to contact the show tonight, rdgable at yahoo.com. I'd love to know what you think about the broadcast, what you think about the topics we discuss. I know it might seem a little bit odd how we weave together everything so far tonight, for example, from the microcosm of DNA to the macrocosm of the moon as being these points of proof for intelligent design of some form, of some kind. You can call it God, call it whatever. But this also allows room for what we might traditionally call evolutionary theory. We can merge and we can mix all of these things together. And we can do that because we are conscious. We are intelligent. Some of us are even wise. Some of us know that we don't know a lot. We also know that talking and listening and asking questions makes one more intelligent, makes one more wise. It's a condition of spiritual growth. Might even be a condition of physical growth because you bottle things up. Those things that you bottle up can express themselves in physical elements. So it might be a condition of physical development as well. When we talk about things, we talk with each other, we can learn. We learn from each other. We learn from different perspectives. We're not going to learn. We're certainly not going to grow spiritually or physically for that matter, if we are ready to have conflict because it aligns with our ideology. 
Now, this is something that we could, as an idea, take and apply to a lot of different things. Tonight, we will apply it to a handful of things that are happening in the world that we exist within. It is March 9th, 2022, from March 8th, 2022. In a couple of days, it's going to be March 15th. Obvious statement, obviously. But March 15th is an important date. March 15th, 44 BC, what we know as the middle of March or the Ides of March, the Roman Emperor Julius Caesar was assassinated. Now, just a few days ago, U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham compared Vladimir Putin to Julius Caesar. And he did so in this time frame from February 22nd, 222, 2022, until March 1st, this time when we enter into the Pluto returns. And what does Pluto returns tell us historically? The fall of great empires. Yes, Pluto is conjunct with the United States for the first time since July 4th, 1776, the birth of a new nation that has provided more wealth, less poverty, more literacy, and virtually all the best things and so much less of all the bad things that have industrialized and moved the world forward. This country, the United States, has produced more of that, more liberty, more freedom than any other country in the history of the world, so far as we know. A system that is looked at with vitriol and disgust by people that consider themselves to be internationalists or globalists. And of course, your average college student who can't find a continent, let alone Russia, let alone Ukraine, on a map. But they're pretty sure that they stand with that country, right? But something also happened in 1776, July 4th. It wasn't that specific day, but the general idea of declaring independence led to the downfall of perceived and actual physical dominance of the British Empire. So we have an ability to use the 222-2022 in the Pluto Returns, and maybe even the Ides of March. We have the ability to use this energy historically, genetically, astronomically, astrologically for personal development. But if we're aware of that, you better believe that corporations and some of the richest people on this planet, some of the most powerful people on this planet, many of which we've never heard of and will never hear of, you better believe they are also aware of that information. And they tap into it a lot stronger and a lot more willfully than you tap into it because, and it's sad, you, like myself, have been conditioned to think doesn't matter. 2-2-2000, you know, 2-2-2-2022, that doesn't mean anything. That's what? I, who cares? It's just a date. I'll put up a meme about it. I don't really care. What do you mean people were bombed in Somalia last week, the week before last? What do you mean Israel's been bombing Syria? What are you talking about? What do you mean people had their bank accounts seized for protesting? What are you talking about? That's 
That's not anything to be concerned with. What do you mean 55,000 pages from the FDA on Pfizer's vaccine came out from federal court order just a few days ago? What do you mean there's pages and pages and pages and pages and pages and pages of known adverse reactions? What are you talking about? Come on. What are you talking about? We've got to stand with Ukraine. That's what matters, okay? These Ukrainian people, they can't ride a bicycle. They can't drive a car. They can't walk down the road. They can't even, they, they, they can't even carpool. They can't travel. They can't choose public transportation. I'm not making those statements up, by the way. That is a meme that's circulating the internet and social media. And it's interesting because that rhetoric and that talking point is not about Ukraine. It's actually a climate environmentalist talking point, one that has also been on the internet today in regard to rising oil prices. Funny how that happens because you're basically seeing climate environmentalist propaganda being, I don't know if I'd say recycled, but recycled as wartime propaganda and wartime propaganda being recycled as climate environmentalist propaganda. I mean, it's interesting because these are the very things that we are told, for example, by UK government transport minister Trudy Harrison, who back in December of last year spoke at a mobility conference addressing the future of personal mobility. And here's what she said. It's necessary to ditch the 20th century thinking centered around private vehicle ownership and towards greater flexibility with personal choice and low-carbon shared transport. What does that sound like to you? Shared transport. Harrison went on to praise not only public transportation, but also bike-share services, e-scooters, and ride-sharing platforms. Now, there's nothing wrong with ride-sharing services. There's nothing wrong with a motorized scooter or a moped. There's nothing wrong with walking. I love walking. I walk several miles a day on average. Need to get a bike again so I can start biking again. But having a vehicle is a necessity so that I can leave the city. Having a vehicle is a necessity so I can drive out into the middle of nowhere. Having a vehicle is a necessity so I can choose where I travel and when I travel and how far I travel. But in the UK... Trudy Harrison doesn't want you to be able to make those decisions because she cares about the environment. But it's not about the environment, is it? It's about controlling your method of transportation, how far you can travel, where you can go, etc. And do you know what that article had as a subheadline? December 27th, 2021, UK inches closer to eliminating private car ownership. Here's the subheadline. Soon, this is a quote, soon Brits will own nothing and will be happier for it. That is the subheadline of the article. Did you know that yesterday, or the day before, depending on when you're listening to the show, March 7th, 2022, the Biden administration took aim at buses and trucks in a quote-unquote bite Against climate change. Come on, man. There he is. And they did this in order to reduce pollution, they say, 
and greenhouse gas emissions. Now, how did they take aim? What did they do? Well, under the bipartisan infrastructure law, which President Biden signed last fall, the Department of Transportation is going to spend $1.1 billion in funding state and local governments to buy U.S.-built electric transit buses and other, quote-unquote, cleaner models. They intend to invest in low-emission and zero-emission buses for public transit systems and school districts. Sounds like a good idea. Who's going to argue with that? I was actually taking a walk earlier this evening. I take a walk most evenings. I, I really do it to support the Ukrainians. But I'm taking a walk earlier this evening, and I walk around my townhome complex, and I'm in the back area, and I'm coming around, and usually there's not many people out there. People drive by in some cars, and I had that one lady scream at me the other day. She said she'd rather go to war than have a Republican president. Literally, she screamed that at me. And so I'm walking around, and I'm reading a book, and I saw this lady drive up. She's got like a, an all-electric car which are really, really expensive. So she drives up in this all-electric car, and I'm, I'm walking around, and she's talking to this other lady at the mailbox, and, and she's like, oh, is that lady at the mailbox? Like, oh, is that an electric car? And she's like, yeah, they're great. You know, like, good gas mileage. And, you know, the best thing is I'm not, I'm not burning gas or oil, and it's just, you know, gas prices are going up. So this is the way to go. She's like, you should get an electric car. And I'm invested in my book, but the first thing that came to my mind was, where do you think the electricity comes from? How do you think they generate that electricity? They don't have mice running on treadmills, you know, or little hamster wheels. They got to burn coal, lady. That's one of the ways they can generate electricity. It ain't coming from windmills. I mean, some energy here in Arizona comes from solar. But not enough to generate the kind of electricity you need to charge that car. What about the raw materials that went into that car, by the way, and all the things that we don't think about, like not only the raw materials, but how, the, how those raw materials are extracted and how we transport them and what's the cost of all of that? I doubt they're bringing giant earth-moving equipment with electrical engines into areas to haul out the raw materials. So that's an illusion. And it actually costs a lot more because, I mean, let's be serious. Can you afford a Tesla? I can't. I can barely afford to put gas in my 2008 Toyota Corolla. And if it wouldn't be for one of our great listeners here in, in Tucson, Joe, just west of where I live, not Joe Root, but another Joe, I'd had to pay more money to put struts on because I didn't have the, you know, the kind of knew how to do it, but I didn't really have the wherewithal, the know-how or the equipment to do it. So I can barely put gas in that car, and yet these people are driving around in fancy electrical vehicles. Oh, just switch to electric. It'll save money. It's good for the environment. No, it's not. No, it's not. Do you have any idea the additional strain on the environment as a result of that car? What's the difference between that and driving gasoline? You ever think of that? You ever think of the difference between paper and plastic? Well, they ban plastic bags across the country. Do you know that plastic is actually more environmentally friendly? How is that possible? You want proof of that? Okay, well, how about this? Paper, traditional paper bag, it weighs more. So you have to exert more energy 
to haul that material. It is across the board more expensive. It takes more energy to manufacture paper bags than plastic bags. Paper also doesn't biodegrade as quickly as some of these new plastics that biodegrade really, really quick. We have plastic bags at grocery stores in the produce department. You know, it's not like a Tesla equivalent. It's like in a produce department at a grocery store that are completely 100% biodegradable. Paper bags aren't. Paper bags are heavier. They cost more to manufacture, more to transport as a result of being heavier. And guess what? They're usually single use. Plastic bags, you get more than one use out of it. Does that mean that people should be throwing their plastic cups and containers out the window? No. Those people should be smacked across the face. It's just like the people that are like, well, just because poverty has been reduced and just because we make more money and we all have washing machines and dryers and TVs and I mean, just because like life is better. We shouldn't tell people that because then they won't want to take care of the environment. What kind of piece of trash wouldn't want to take care of the environment? Who is, who is literally living their life thinking, well, we got to do something about this climate change, and then they hear, well, actually, the world's not as bad as we've been told. Climate deaths have re- been reduced to virtually nothing over the last hundred years. And they think, oh, well, if that's the case, well, I'm just going to throw this trash out the window. That person should be slapped across the face and then slapped across the face again. What are you talking about? Yes, in the chat room, Mike, you also cut down a lot of trees to produce paper bags. I thought you liked trees. I thought you hugged them. I guess not. I guess you'd rather cut them down to make it look like I care. No, you don't care. You're pathetic. Or you've been brainwashed, and nobody can blame you for that because the brainwashing is pretty intense. You want to talk about reusable bags? Think about that. I'm just, I'm not ranting about this. I am speaking and expressing this because it's all about energy, baby. Everything. All about energy. It's all about currency. Where is that energy? Where is that currency going? Oil companies are going to make record profits, probably. Corporations made record profits. But then again, let's, I mean, what c- compared to what? It's the hottest day on record compared to what? You know, these are questions that we have to ask. Rather than just packaging climate change propaganda and then reselling it as war propaganda, you know, that doesn't work for me because I think. And I've noticed on Facebook, I get people that'll post things and people that'll comment on things. I don't know who they are. I absolutely, I level them like an Israeli airstrike hitting Damascus. I level them with details and facts. And then they suddenly disappear from my Facebook page. And I can't tell if they were actually friends and then got upset and unfriended me or if they were just Facebook meta universe plants, bots, and people that work for meta or that work for the federal government or some other agency or some other group that Facebook's working with and partnering with. And that's what they all do. That's what happens every single day. People have been programmed with these single one-line responses so that when you don't respond the way that they expect you to respond, they have emotional breakdowns. That's called mind control. And when the mind control begins to break down, people have hysterical hissy fits. 
plastic is better than paper. Does that mean I throw plastic out the window? Does that mean that I just gather as much plastic as possible and I live in a big plastic bubble? No. I had some woman one time tell me, well, if you think paper is worse, I bet you don't care about microplastics. And I how did you jump to that conclusion? Yeah, microplastics are a big, a big problem. I've been talking about microplastics for over 10 years on this show. Long before you ever got into your environmentalist class to learn about all of the big bank, big corporations, big non-governmental organizations, royal family, Prince Charles, Bill Gates, eugenicist propaganda through your Marxist COINTEL-like pro Antifa professors, okay? Through your Cloward and Piven school teachers. I know about microplastics, okay? So when the Biden administration targeted buses and trucks and the UK is inching toward less or no car ownership, back in early January, the New York governor proposed a statewide ban on gas hookups in buildings. Also, a lot of other states considering banning gas-powered lawn equipment. New York City is attempting to ban certain forms of stoves because of climate change. It's all climate change, climate change, climate change. Remember back in January of 2021, remember this this guy that won the election, Joe Biden, remember what he did when he first got into office? He signed a bunch of executive orders and he directed the Secretary of the Interior Department to halt new oil and natural gas leases on public lands and waters and to begin a thorough review of existing permits for fossil fuel development. Of course, these actions kicked off the president's agenda to reduce the country's emissions and establish stricter targets under the Paris Climate Accord. I thought this was a sovereign nation. I thought we, well, we probably shouldn't be taking the advice of billionaire philanthropists and oil companies that sponsor these climate accords. And they don't just do it for the PR. In fact, you can look it up, CNN. When Donald Trump pulled the U.S. out of these climate agreements, big oil was really upset about it. I don't think they're really upset because Their PR stunt isn't working. I think they're really upset because they want the Paris Climate Accord. Why? Because the big oil companies are running the climate scam. The big corporations are running the climate scam. They're running the social justice scam. That's why there's such an incredible uniqueness to these two things. Social justice, and now they call it climate justice. Literally, that's, that's what they call it. They call it climate justice. In fact, One of the authors of the IPCC report calls it just that. Climate justice. Adele Thomas, senior Caribbean research associate for the think tank, and that's all it is, climate analytics, and a co-author of the IPCC's recent released Sixth Assessment Working Group 2 report. She is an expert on climate justice. Why do you think climate justice and social justice go so well together? Why do you think wartime Ukrainian propaganda and oil price gaslighting propaganda go so well with environmentalist propaganda? Because it's coming from the same place. These are not unique individual things. They're all coming from the same place. 
It's all a monumental scam. And you are being force-fed it through gaslighting, rhetoric, talking points, and incredible, incredible Stockholm Syndrome. Because it's hard to argue against talking points, right? It's hard to argue against rhetoric. It's hard to argue against things that sound good. Things that sound good sound good. How are you going to argue against something that sounds good? Especially when you only got a second or two on a to make a statement on a a, 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 a Twitter post or a Facebook post. You got you know a, a, a few hundred characters you can write, or you put something you know in, in, into audio form. I mean, how long? Do, this is a three-hour show tonight. How long does the average person listen to radio? No matter how good it is, it's about. 8 to 15 minutes. Some places, some shows, some networks, it's even less. There's a lot of people going in and out, but it's very, very few people listen for a long, extended period of time. So you got to make it concise, which is, that's what the American Medical Association said about COVID vaccines. Don't tell anybody about the details. Just here are ways to manipulate your viewers and the audience. That's what the NIH did and Yale University and their report mid-2020 that came out, even before vaccines were out, how to convince people to get them. One of the things was trust the science, which is a Marxist ideological talking point because Marxism is basically utopianism is idealism and communism is scientific. Trust the science. Same exact thing. Oh, and by the way, Newsmax, Fox News, CNN, ABC and a number of influencers, the Washington Post, LA Times, etc., took money from the federal government to promote vaccine propaganda and not allow any opposing talking points on the nightly news or the daily news or publications or in any news. They took billions of dollars from the federal government to do just that. Not fact-based, evidence-based reporting, just Mom on deathbed regrets not getting vaccine. Just like the climate propaganda, we're in a climate emergency. But if you look underneath of the title, it just says, this is an opinion piece from the New York Times. All the charts, all the graphs, millions are going to die from COVID. Millions are going to die from wildfires and droughts and starvation. Oh my God, look, they did. They did die of starvation. Yes, because of lockdowns, not because of climate change. It's an artificial, synthetic manufactured, man-made disaster, artificially bringing the system down like Building 7 so they can build back better. It is a monumental scam, the likes of which we have never probably experienced in the history of mankind. It is sophisticated 21st century propaganda and warfare. And here on The Secret Teachings, we're breaking it down to give you another perspective outside the left-right paradigm of how this all works. Again, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Please subscribe to the archive. Please grab a copy of one of the books. The music tonight, if you want to check it out, is White Bat Audio on YouTube. And shoot us an email at rdgable at yahoo.com. You can always call into the show. I just don't promote it very much. 520-367-2064. That's 520-367-2064. There's more of The Secret Teachings after this. Stay with us.
The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available as TST Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the show name and start listening today for free. And if you want to avoid those annoying ads, visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our ad-free archive with some of our older shows included. You'll get a private RSS feed and access to the Montage Archive and my digital books. Subscribe today or listen to the free show archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, grab a physical and digital copy of his books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Visit thesecretteachings.info. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. We know that the Roman Emperor Julius Caesar was assassinated on the Ides of March 44 BC. As the world focuses its attention on Ukraine, and we seamlessly transition from a pandemic to Russia invaded a sovereign country that the West would like to absorb into a non-sovereign pact that is NATO or even the European Union, A U.S. Senator named Lindsey Graham has compared Vladimir Putin to Julius Caesar, and he did that 
right around the Ides of March, March 9th today, from the 8th into the 9th on tonight's show, 2022, and right on the introductory phase of the Pluto Returns, which signified the decline of the British Empire in part and the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. So you've got the Ides of March. Vladimir Putin is apparently like Julius Caesar. He's also been compared to Julius Caesar in a celebratory way back in 2015 for Russia's Victory Day. And we have the Pluto Returns, Death and Resurrection, Destruction and Rebirth, Fall of the Roman Empire. That's why we need to be aware of the Ides of March, because treachery and death are prevalent. And that's why I called the show tonight, particularly as a result of what's going on in the world, as you hear and see pretty much 24 hours a day. I called it, in the Ides of War, all are guilty. Because in the middle of war, that's what Ides are, the middle, in the Ides of War, in the middle of war, all people are guilty. All are guilty in war. And it's really difficult to determine who is the aggressor and who is defending themselves. You'd think Ukraine is defending themselves, but we have no idea. I mean, all indications show that what's happening to the Ukrainian people isn't a happy thing, but we can understand where Russia is coming from to some extent. Today, the U.S. president banned the importation of Russian oil. Take a listen to this. I'm announcing the United States is targeting the main artery of Russia's economy. We're banning all imports of Russian oil and gas and energy. That means Russian oil will no longer be acceptable at U.S. ports, and the American people will deal another powerful blow to Putin's war machine. Yes, a powerful blow to Putin's war machine as the average American has to pay more for gas. And of course, Jen Psaki, trying to explain why gas prices are up, has nothing to do with Keystone Pipeline. That wouldn't have helped at all. Has nothing to do with cutting back on oil and gas production in the United States and removing incentives to produce. It's all just because of Vladimir Putin. That's the responsible party. The president's message is that he's going to do everything we can, everything he can, to reduce the impact on the American people, including uh, the price of gas at the tank. What is also true is that because of the actions of President Putin, because he invaded a sovereign country, that created instability in the markets. That is something the president talked about even before uh, Russia and President Putin moved forward with their actions. Uh, but we have already taken steps. The president has already taken steps. Historic release from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, one that's done in a coordinated fashion. And clearly we will continue to have conversations with large oil producers and suppliers around the world about how to mitigate the impact. Yes, and it just came out a few hours ago, those large oil producers around the world once again laughed in the face of the White House and said, no, thank you, we don't want to discuss it. They're not going to increase oil production. These people are going to make record profits. They have no incentive to increase oil production. But one of the things that we're not being told is that 
there's plenty of oil. And as a friend and listener of ours, Joseph Lavelle, messaged me earlier, he said, think about this. He said, I'd actually written this down in my notes as I prepared for tonight's show, and then he, he texted it to me. And I was, I was thinking, okay, I mean, he knows a little bit more about economics than I do. I'm, I'm glad that he sees it this way as well. He said, think about this. The cost of producing, you know, like fuel hasn't increased. The cost of extracting oil and refining it, none of that's increased. It's just the perception that because Russia invaded Ukraine, now gas prices have to go through the roof. And part of that's because we're going to ban the importation of Russian oil. And we're going to say that it's, it's Putin's war and the American people dealt a blow to Putin. No, you just you declared war on Russia, and then you declared war and waged war, more specifically on the American people. Move that has strong bipartisan support in the Congress, and I believe in the country. Americans have rallied support have rallied to support their Ukrainian people and made it clear we will not be part of subsidizing Putin's war. But you will be part of subsidizing Israel's war and China's war, and et cetera, et cetera. This made, we made this decision in close consultation with our allies and our partners around the world, particularly in Europe, because a united response to Putin's aggression has been my overriding focus to keep all NATO and all of the EU and our allies totally united. This is why, as a sovereign country, you don't enter into these pacts. In fact, Joe Biden said decades ago that NATO would likely just as a result of its formation, cause more war. I mean, that's what these countries combining together ultimately do. Because if you have a country like Russia, a country like Ukraine, they don't want to be part of it. Well, we're going to have a war. People are going to have to die. NATO, the UN, world government, doesn't really work out so well for sovereignty. Doesn't really work out so well for liberty. Why? Because everybody has to do what the group wants to do. It's globalized collectivism is what it is. And it puts more power into the hands of corporations and banks and advisory boards and politburos and takes power out of the hands of the people. That might be a little bit of the reason that there's so much anti-American sentiment around the world. But when we think about energy, think about energy. All the energy that's in the Ides of March. All the energy that's just in a name like Caesar. Even in a name like Vladimir Putin. All that energy, all that power. It's got to come from somewhere. It's got to go somewhere. Now, you could take your shirt off and you could paint Ukrainian colors on your chest like a bunch of women did in Paris. I saw a video of this. And they said, stop Putin's war machine. Stop Putin's war machine. I thought, I'm sure he'll stop right away. And of course, today, technically yesterday, depending on when you're listening, March 8th, it's International Women's Day. And that's what the radio was broadcasting out here in Tucson. It's International Women's Day. Aren't you happy as a woman? It's International Women's Day. You should be happy that we recognize you as a woman. You know, a real strong woman wouldn't need the radio or the government or anybody to recognize who they are. They would just be proud of being a mom or 
maybe a housewife or a professional, a lawyer, a doctor, a psychologist, a teacher. They would just be happy with being who they are. They don't need this pseudo-fake societal nod that they're recognized and that they're a good person. You know? And people that need that, I kind of feel sorry for them. But it's Women's Day, right? So it's International Women's Day. That's all that we should be thinking about is women. We shouldn't be thinking about the consequences of our nation's actions. We shouldn't be thinking about dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of adverse events that are listed in just a handful of 55,000 papers dumped by the FDA under federal court order. None of that matters. Just Ukraine. Stop Putin's war machine. Take your shirt off, bounce your tits around, and paint your chest blue and blue and yellow. And uh, everything's good, right? Did you know that despite the fact that oil and gas and coal are looked at as these horrible greenhouse gases, I, I, I want to explain something to you tonight on the show, and I want to explain it in great detail. You know that oil back in 1914 was estimated to be only about 10 years in reserve before we ran out. In 1914, the Bureau of Mines estimated we had 10 years of oil left. In 1914, that means we should have ran out by 1924. Turns out, 15 years after 1924, the Department of the Interior established we actually had 13 years of oil. So that should have taken us into the 1950s, 1952. And around that time, they estimated again and found we actually had 13 more years of oil left. And the original estimate was, well, it was, was wrong. And we keep estimating and finding we have more oil than we thought. One, because we find more oil, we find more reserves, we find ways to tap them. We have more fuel-efficient vehicles. We have more efficient means of, of refining. We have new extraction techniques to get more. I mean, a lot of new things with technology, right? I mean, we have a higher consumption rate today than we, of course, had in the past. But we have more reserves. We have more efficient modes of transportation, more efficient modes of generation. Car MPG has improved. Home heating has reduced in cost and energy. Appliance usage of energy has reduced some 50% since World War II when we started having a lot of major appliances in our homes. I mean, all this is based on the assumption of growth, that we're going to grow, 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 and that we're going to just eat up all of our resources and that's going to lead to doomsday. And the reality is this leads to artificial scarcity. I mean, think about this. I wasn't born yet, but I've read about history. And in the 1970s into the 1980s, some of you might remember this, there was this enormous hike in oil prices. Remember that? Enormous hike in oil prices. Gas prices went up. And the, the reason for this, for oil prices going up so high, was because we had OPEC, which you might know, as the organization of the petroleum exporting countries, we had OPEC intentionally cutting back oil production 
increasing prices as a result, supply and demand, right? We didn't have a lot. So they cut back production based on models of not having enough oil, increased prices, but it was all based on non-existent shortages, shortages that, well, they didn't actually exist. It was all an artificial creation. Maybe you didn't know this either. There's different forms of oil, right? And, and we have 242% estimated relatively. You know, I mean, this number could be higher. It could be a little lower. It's probably much higher than this. We have at least 242% more shale oil than we do of conventional oil. And we have eight times more shale oil than we do of all the current oil, gas, peat, tar sands, et cetera, combined. So we've got plenty of oil. We've got plenty of, well, other natural resources, aluminum, copper, zinc, etc. Plenty of natural resources. The stocks of these metals, for example, and the stocks of other, other uh, reserves, for example, have, have increased despite the fact that we've doubled, tripled, quant- you know, quadrupled, etc. our usage because we're finding new ways to extract them. And models on a computer, on a piece of paper, have been wrong, just like the COVID death statistics, just like the world's going to end from the great big freeze and cooling in the 70s. That didn't happen. Now it's global warming. I mean, this is all just a big scam. This is all just one giant scam. I mean, yes, oil costs, uh, oil per barrel, have gone up uh, considerably. Americans are paying some of the highest prices since 2008. And if you look at the U.S. Energy Information Administration, you can find crude oil costs going back to the mid-1800s. There was a price consistent rate from 1875 to about 1950. And then it began to go up still under about $10 a barrel. In about 1978, 1980, when we had that artificial oil scarcity, it went up to a little over 25, 26, 27, 28, probably 30 something dollars a barrel. And then it declined again. And then around 2005, 6, 7, around, around the time Barack Obama took office, oil went up to close to $100 a barrel, went down, went back up, and then it dropped significantly to under $50 a barrel. Then it went back up, then it went back down, and now it's going back up again. Now, compared to history, the prices have gone up considerably, but you have to account for a lot of other things in relationship to this oil. How much energy do we get out of this oil that costs $5 a barrel or $100 a barrel? What is the context of rising oil and rising gas prices? Are they the highest in history? How far does that history go back? I mean, you can look at this graph just to get some perspective on the situation, but the fact is we are not short on oil. Now, Shell and BP are withdrawing from Russian oil and gas. A spokesperson for BP said it won't enter into new business with Russian entities. Let's rewind that. New business. They're going to keep their business as it stands, but they're not going to enter into any new business. 
with Russian entities or business involving Russian ports, quote, according to BP, unless essential for ensuring security of supply. Should have thought about that before we banned importation of the oil. And Shell faced a backlash last week over the weekend. I mean, think about this. Shell got in trouble because it snapped up a large cargo of Russian crude at a really, really low price. So the company this week on Tuesday apologized for the purchase and said it would commit from its Russian oil purchases to humanitarian funds aimed at alleviating the crisis in Ukraine. And then I have Jen Psaki saying, quote, the Keystone was not an oil field, it's a pipeline. Very, very astute. Also, the oil is continuing to flow in just through other means, so it's actually, or it actually would have nothing to do with the current supply imbalance. So it, it, it would actually have maybe helped the imbalance, and it would have maybe helped if we wouldn't have started out 2021 by signing an executive order, several orders, instructing the Secretary of the Interior Department to halt oil and natural gas leases on public lands and waters. You know, it might be, if you think about it, a bad thing to focus our energy production and our national security on what a couple of other countries agreed to at the Paris Climate Accord. It might be a good idea to think about, I don't know, your own citizens first. Here's why. Burning of oil, gas, and coal from government-owned lands, according to the Associated Press and Waters, is a top source of U.S. emissions. I am not a mathematician, but I can do some basic math. 24% of the nation's greenhouse gases, 24% of the U.S. greenhouse gases come from burning oil, gas, and coal from government-owned lands. 24%, that's about a quarter, right? So let's take a look at these statistics. How many millions of tons of greenhouse gas does the U.S. emit every year? Anybody have an answer to that? Well, it's 4,800 million tons, 4.8 billion. Now, does anybody have an answer to how much the leading greenhouse gas emitting country emits? China emits as number one. 9.3 billion. Now, I don't know if you're good at math, but that's, that's roughly about double what the U.S. emits. China's a bigger country. I get it. I get it. I know they're a bigger country. That's not the point. The point is China ain't going to Glasgow. The point is China ain't committing to the Paris deal. The point is China isn't going to do anything that the international community wants them to do in regards to climate change. So let's just think about that for a second. In 2021, there were 36.4 billion tons of greenhouse gas emissions. That's what's estimated. If you cut the United States completely out of that, we reach total net zero. And if we all haven't died from starvation and exposure by then, you are left with still 
a whole hell of a lot of billions of billions of tons of greenhouse gases. We do a little bit of math. That's 35.6 minus the four. That's 31.6 billion tons of greenhouse gases. That's with the U.S. being net zero. The rest of the world is not going to go net zero. China isn't going to go net zero. So what are we doing to ourselves? 24% of our greenhouse gases come from government-owned lands and waters at the top of U.S. emissions. So even if we were to get rid of 25% to, to cripple our, 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 our transportation, our infrastructure, food costs, energy costs, etc., what does that do? The benefits do not outweigh the consequences. The consequences so far outweigh the benefits of all this green initiative that it's laughable that anybody would seriously consider stopping all coal, all oil, all gas, and just let's go to wind that doesn't really generate a lot of electricity. You, you wouldn't have electricity. At best, you'd have rolling blackouts. At best, you'd own nothing and you would be happy. There's plenty of oil. There's plenty of natural resources. There is plenty to go around. And the thing is, all we hear about is a pandemic that seamlessly transitions to what we consider to be a war, and that'll seamlessly transition to something else. This will all clear up before the, the midterm elections, or it'll continue to go, and it'll be the reason we need to vote for the people that got us into this problem. And we hear all the time, the Amazon rainforest is reaching its tipping point. It's the same words, tipping point. It's reaching a, an end. It's going to collapse the ecosystem. But these are predictions that have been made for decades and decades and decades and decades and decades. Just like for 100 plus years, we've estimated we have this much oil, and it turns out we have a lot more than that. We have this much aluminum, this much copper. Turns out we actually have a lot more than that. We hear about all these horrible things happening in the world. Did you know that carbon dioxide actually makes the world greener? Global greening from CO2 and climate added area of green leaves equivalent to the area of three United States from 1980 to 2020. So there's actually more green on this planet now because of carbon dioxide, which also prevents plants from losing water, meaning that it also helps prevent drought. Did you know that? Did you know climate-related deaths are down substantially, significantly, in 1920, close to half a million people died in climate-related deaths. As of 2020, 2021, the number is, is so small you can't even read it on the chart, on the graph. This graph, data from the OFDA and CRED, International Disaster Database. It's like a few hundred people. Storms are not getting more intense. Hurricanes are not getting more intense. They're getting less intense. We have on average less days of hurricanes on land for a handful of decades now. 
climate-related deaths have plummeted since 1920, since at any point in history, floods, you know, hurricanes. I mean, we can predict these things. We know when things are going to happen most of the time. Can't really predict an earthquake that well. Getting close. Tsunami. We have early warning systems, new technologies that can tell us something's going to happen, something's coming. So a lot less people die. Do you know that we actually have less heat waves now, according to the EPA? From 1895 to 2020, the heat wave trend has stayed pretty much the same. It spiked in the 1930s, very, very high. But it is about the same right now as it was in 2000, 1985 roughly. 1945, 1950, and going all the way back to the 1800s, the heat waves that we experience are precisely the same length. And when we come back from break, I'm going to tell you all about how this whole idea of global warming, all this energy consumption, the vampirism, this is doing the exact opposite to the planet and our civilization, the exact opposite of what we have been told and led to believe. Do you know that people die of cold at a rate nine times higher, nine times higher than people who die from heat? More people die of cold than of heat. And that's pretty significant because if we're moving into a hotter, ever-changing environment, it'll actually save hundreds of thousands of people's lives because cold deaths, on average, kill nine times more people than heat deaths. In fact, warming saves about 166,000 lives every single year. Think about that and what that means for the future. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. Stay with us. Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available as TST Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the show name and start listening today for free. And if you want to avoid those annoying ads, visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our ad-free archive with some of our older shows included. You'll get a private RSS feed and access to the montage archive and my digital books. Subscribe today or listen to the free show archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, grab a physical and digital copy of his books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Visit thesecretteachings.info. 
So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey there, this is Greg Carlwood of the Higher Side Chats, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Another fear-based study published on Monday this week in the journal Nature Climate Change. They say the Amazon rainforest is reaching a tipping point. We've heard that for years. I guess it still hasn't tipped. In fact, the article mentioning this Nature Climate Change journal entry explicitly says the threshold has not yet been crossed, however, meaning that if governments take swift action to reduce emissions, it could still be avoided. A hypothetical, computer-generated model of the future hasn't happened and won't happen, but they pick words like diebacks. Diebacks, the study's authors warned, were a result that if the climate change that we know continues... A lot of areas are going to stop growing back rainforest. That's called dieback. So you can go to school and spend a bunch of money and listen to your Cloud and Piven professor tell you all about diebacks. You can write it down. Oh, yeah, diebacks. And you can sound real smart and use it in debates and tell your friends, what about diebacks with your big, thick rim glasses and your green hair? What about the tipping point? Don't you know about the tipping point? Don't you care about the rainforest? Don't you care? What did the study find? Well, the study looked at satellite data, vegetation, and parts of the Amazon that have 
not been altered by human activities such as logging from 1991 to 2016. It found that since the early 2000s, areas that suffered droughts or wildfires have been taking longer to recover than before, with drier areas of the forest experiencing the greatest decline. However, did the study look at pre-1991 levels of rainforest? Did the study look at those details? Because those details are really important, especially when scientists and journalists and even doctors, you know, have a really hard time providing context when they're trying to prove a point as opposed to looking at information objectively. Like, for example, if you look at increases in heat, you can find increases in heat. But on a larger chart, you find that those increases in heat are coming from a time when there was a decrease, which came after a larger increase, and so on and so forth going back. These small trends mean virtually nothing and certainly can't predict future trends and future events, especially when we're just using computer models and plugging in what we assume. We have more oil, we have more aluminum, we have more copper, we have more zinc. We have more forest than we... We have more animals, we have more plants, we have more insects. We have so much on this planet, it is incomprehensible. We've been told by the end of our lifetime... What lifetime is that? I don't know. Baby boomers, Gen X, Gen Z, millennials. By the end of our lifetime, half the species on this planet are going to be dead. There's absolutely no basis to that statement. The real figure is somewhere about 0.7% of all species that we know of will go extinct in about a 50-year period. But prior to our existence on this planet, every single species that existed before us minus a few that might have carried through, maybe like chickens or alligators and crocodiles, birds, um, they're all extinct. And humans didn't, you know, like George Carlin said, we didn't kill all of them. I mean, we don't even know all the species on this planet. So we just have numbers that we work with based on assumptions and estimates. And plus... Research that's conducted on these endangered species is conducted on endangered species. So if you only look at endangered species or those that are in danger of becoming endangered by whatever definition, and God knows how they define that, you're going to find you have a high rate of endangered species when you're only looking at endangered species. You know, I mean, nine times out of 10, a doctor is seeing people that are sick, you know, Conceptually, that is, you know, a doctor is going to see people that are sick. A doctor doesn't have a steady stream of healthy clientele and people that don't need help. That's what they're there for. And people that research endangered species are going to find that all their research finds species are endangered. It's context. It matters a whole lot. It matters a whole lot because if we don't have context, then when we see the temperatures increasing, oh, no, they're increasing. Increasing from what? Increasing from a temperature that was colder and then that temperature is a decrease from a temperature that was hotter than it is right now? I mean, what is the context to all of this? Not to mention the fact that if you take a look at the, at the Amazon, 
the Amazon has not been depleted in the way that we've been led to believe. In fact, human interaction, human, uh, let's call it human meddling. You know, that's a, that's a common term that's used. Human meddling has led to a very, very small reduction in the Amazon rainforest. I mean, the number is like, I think it's around like 12, 13, 14%, but it doesn't account for, does it, how much of that forest has grown back and how many years it's taken to deplete and grow back parts of that forest. We're not talking about diebacks here. We're talking decades and decades and decades and decades and decades and decades and decades. So the context matters a lot. Remember when we got a report earlier this year about U.S. greenhouse gas emissions jumping 6.2%, but they didn't really, you know, they didn't really specify what those emissions were, right? Well, we got the information from NASA. NASA said this from the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. The most surprising result in this study that NASA mentions from the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences published November 9th, 2021, the authors noted that while carbon dioxide emissions fell by 5.4% in 2020, the amount of carbon dioxide in the, in the environment in the atmosphere continued to grow at about the same rate as the preceding years. Carbon dioxide continued to grow. How? Well, how, how are we measuring carbon dioxide? Is that based on estimates of growth? How are they estimating this? They also tell us that nitrogen oxides in the presence of sunlight, which react with the atmospheric compounds and create ozone, were eliminated in, uh, in, in some capacity as a result of, of these so-called lockdowns. It led to a global reduction in ozone, but how much of a global reduction? They don't give us that information. By reducing these NOxes, these NOx emissions... We also have another problem, though. By reducing these emissions, the atmosphere is unable to cleanse itself of methane. And molecule-for-molecule methane is far more effective than CO2 at trapping heat in the atmosphere. And methane grew by 0.3% in 2021. That is the largest and fastest growth rate in methane that at any other time in the last decade. So lockdowns reduce carbon dioxide. Well, they reduced emissions. The levels in the environment stayed the same. They didn't, you know, go away. They actually continued to grow at about the same rate, despite the fact that we reduced carbon dioxide emissions. How is that possible? And as a result, methane increased at the highest rate, the fastest rate, that than it has in I don't know, t- ten years. I mean, and methane is is much more effective at trapping heat than carbon dioxide. But how much of the atmosphere is actually carbon dioxide and methane compared to other things? Is it like the U.S. emits four point eight billion tons of of greenhouse gases? China emits nine point six, I think it is billion tons. The U.S. can go totally net zero. If China doesn't participate, it's not going to make a damn difference. And don't tell me, well, does that mean we should just not do it? We should care for the environment. This isn't about the environment. 
This is about multinational corporations, big banks, non-governmental organizations, think tanks, philanthropists, and the like, consolidating power from the bottom up, vampirically sucking all of the energy out of the producing inhabitants of this planet and reducing your existence to a state of servitude and serfdom. And they have convinced you. They have deceived you. They have tricked you. They have manipulated you. They have gaslit you with rhetoric and propaganda and brainwashing and coercion and fear and terrorism to call for your own death and the death of your own family and the death of your own civilization in the name of saving the planet for them. Think about statistics like this. If someone said, we can reduce all greenhouse gas emissions from a single individual. And, and you might say, well, how, that's fantastic. How would we do that? Is it, a, is it, a, is it like uh, uh, one of those cow fart bags? Is it like something that we put over their face to restrict them from breathing? What can we do to prevent an individual from producing any greenhouse gas emissions? Well, it's a butcher knife. We just slit their throat. And uh, then they're dead and they don't produce any greenhouse gas emissions. Sounds like a good idea. If we kill a bunch of people, then we won't have as many emissions. We won't have as many people polluting. We won't have many people extracting and consuming resources. We're low in resources anyway, right? They tell us. We're not low in resources. We're told every single day the world is so terrible. The world is falling apart. The world is just, it's, it's so bad. So bad, so bad, every day, so bad, so bad. Poverty, crime, death and destruction, everywhere you look. Disease, war, death and destruction, everywhere you look. They don't really try or attempt to inform you that the world has actually gotten substantially better for most people on this planet, virtually everybody on this planet, that we have more food now than ever. We have so much food, we're just throwing food away. Despite the fact that populations have increased, there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, you know, what, what, why do we have more food and we have more people? Well, population levels are actually starting to level off. We have less increase statistically than we have had, let's, let's, had in the 1950s. The number now is like less than 1% a year increase. So we're having less and less children because we become more industrial and we become more wealthy and more educated and industrial, wealthy, educated people have less children. So why does the UN say that education is a threat to sustainability? Because they're talking about a specific kind of education, education that informs you of their intentions. <laughs> That's the education they're talking about. I mean, poverty has been reduced since 1950 by 50%. Roughly 50%. I mean, half the world's population was in poverty in 1950. Today, it's actually far less than 50%. T -t Today, it's like, it's like 9% of the world's population. is. I think it's like 9.2%. So I kind of misspoke there. It's actually 
50% of the world's population was in poverty in 1950. Today, that's declined in 2022 to 9.2. Just look it up. 9.2. Well, that's still 9.2% of people in poverty. Well, those numbers are actually even better than 9.2 because we have way more people on this planet than we did in 1950. We have like 5 billion more people on this planet, I think, is the number. And yet we've reduced poverty 50% to 9.2%. That's even better. Literacy's increased from 36 to 86%. Life expectancy on average has more than doubled. Most people throughout history lived 20, 30, 45 years. Even in sub-Saharan Africa, you're living 15, 20 years more than, than you lived any other time in history. That's, that's good, right? Maternal mortality, infant mortality dropped significantly. I mean, even the leading causes of death now, they're things that we create. <laughs> they're not a result of, of things in nature, per se. I mean, even things like diarrhea and tuberculosis and pneumonia, I'd argue, were human creations anyway as a result of living conditions. Spoiled foods, toxic air, toxic water, polluted air, polluted water, unsanitary conditions, unhygienic conditions. We get more of that. We get a more hygienic more educated, more healthy, more wealthy society. We have less kids. We have a better world. Violent crime across the world has plummeted. We work less. And that's incredible because we actually live much longer. So we're working less, living longer. We're experiencing less disease living longer. I mean, we have airplanes, we have cars. These things have improved just in the last 50, 60 years. We have refrigerators, air conditioners, freezers, washers, dryers, tablets, phones, computers, TVs, things that have exploded as common items that were once items of the rich. You know what else has helped us to produce more food and have so much food we can throw it out and have such an abundance in the world? It's plastic, actually. That's the reason why that evil oil again. And I don't work for oil companies. I mean, if you can produce a a product and you can prove that that product creates the same energy or more energy, what about free energy? Sure. But what I'm saying is at this moment, it's probably not a good idea to just pull the plug on the current system because pulling the plug means a lot of people are going to die. That's what it means. So let's gradually move towards a more sustainable world. Let's just not pull the plug on it all right now. Quality of life has increased for everybody. I mean, think about this. The average work hour, hours a week working for women has increased. Why? Not because women are being subjected to some patriarchal system, but because women traditionally haven't worked in the workforce. So of course, over the last 50 to 100 years, women's average time of work per week is going to increase. Women's work around the house has de- decreased. Men's work around the house has increased. I mean, this, these aren't like finding statistics to just say them. These are important statistics. They show us overall life has gotten incredibly better for everybody on this planet. And not only that, not only do we have more food and clean water and all. I talked about this on Monday, uh, Friday's show last week, excuse me, last Friday's show. 
We also looked at other things that are really important and relate to tonight's broadcast. The planet is not any hotter today than it has been in the past. The medieval warm period was hotter than it is now. The sun contributes to temperature and it contributes to climate shifts. Storms are not any worse. They've actually decreased in intensity. Forests are not as depleted as we've been led to believe. Fires don't burn as many acres. Animals are not necessarily going extinct at record rates. And ice caps are not melting absolutely. None of this is true. But we've been led to believe it by eugenicists and psychopaths. We need context to this. Or if we don't have context, it's really hard to understand. It's difficult to understand what is going on. I mean, for example, not only does CO2 make the world greener, but you'd think all those forest fires, they're burning more and more land. Actually, we have less forest fires and it burns more maybe perceptually, intensely when you see the, you know, pictures and videos, but it, no, it's we actually have less acres being burned. In fact, in 2020, just 30, uh, actually 25%, it's less than 30%. In 2020, 25% of what we saw in 1930 was burned. So we had a fraction less. And that is even substantially more, uh, uh, more of a reduction from 1932, 33, 34, etc. I mean, look at the ch- chart of U.S. wildfires from 1926 to uh, 2020, and, and it, it's virtually... You need a magnifying glass to see it in comparison. Same with climate-related deaths. Climate-related deaths have plummeted in the 1920s from about half a million a year to down to a few hundred. Climate-related deaths. There are not more extreme storms. People are not dying more in floods. People are not dying more in extreme temperatures of heat. They're actually dying in extreme cold. 166,000 people a year are saved, it's estimated by the Lancet, by warming. And nine times more people are killed by cold death than heat globally across the whole planet. And it's also really interesting that as we hear about all of this stuff relating to climate change, we hear about all these devastating things that are going to happen. The UN Climate Panel, the IPCC, shows that human welfare is going to increase to 450% of today's welfare. That is something we can't really fathom. Just over this century, they estimate climate damages out of this 450, uh, 450% will reduce this welfare increase to 434%. Meaning, from right now, don't even talk about the climate. Your state of living and the state of affairs in the world is going to increase by whatever this metric is, 434% as they consider this to be a better state of existence, human welfare is what they call it, 434% better this century than it is right now. That doesn't sound like a world that is, you know, falling apart. Total forest loss in the Amazon since the arrival of man is about 14%. Forest cover around the world has increased 0.85% 0.85% from 1950 to 1994. You know, I was reading this thing earlier about, uh, it was like a UN, I think it was like a UN uh, survey 
back in 1995. Well, they carried out a survey in 1995 and 1997. And they evaluated uh, forest area over two different periods, 1980 to 1990, 1990 to 1995. And what they found was area covered by forest had shrunk by a really tiny percent, like 1.35 percentage points. They also found an upward revision of the 1990 forest area that it was larger than the entire global decline in 1990-1995. In other words, if there was not a revision, we would actually see an increase in forest growth. And here's the important part. Those surveys did not include, and this is how they get you, they did not include Russia, and Russia has the world's largest forest cover. In other words, they did a study without including the country with the largest amount of forest coverage. Just like we don't factor in volcanoes, we don't factor in the sun, we don't factor in the moon, we don't factor in what we call space weather, we don't factor in the fact that there are trillions of more trees on this planet then scientists, environmentalists, etc., ecologists, etc., ha- have ever imagined. The original estimate was like 3.04 billion. There's like trillions of trees on this planet. Does any, I mean, trees absorb carbon dioxide. Does any of that go into the climate models? Any of it? That's important, especially because not only do we have all these trees, but we're, we're planting a lot of trees. That doesn't even account for all the the bushes and the shrubs and the plants that absorb carbon dioxide. This is not a crisis. It's certainly not a crisis that needs to be handled by cutting off oil production and gas production and coal production. But letting the rest of the world continue forward, that's just crippling our country. That's just forcing you to pay more money at the pump and put more money into the pockets of oil companies that are benefiting not only from these price hikes and the so-called war in Ukraine, they're also benefiting from the green initiatives that they finance. The oil companies were behind the COP climate accords, the climate initiatives. The oil companies were mad at Donald Trump You thought you'd have seen that in the mainstream news every night, but they were mad at Donald Trump for pulling the United States out of the Paris Agreement. The oil companies are behind this scam, in part. It's about the consolidation of power. It's about energy, 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 energy. That's what it's about. It's all about energy. I've been saying it all night. It's all about energy. Lots and lots and lots and lots of energy. It's not just about energy, of course, but... That's a really important thing. Did you know the IPCC also found no trend for global hurricane frequency and has low confidence, low confidence, that's right, low confidence in attribution of changes to human activity. The U.S. has not seen an increase in landfalling hurricanes since 1900. Did you know that? Global death risk from extreme weather has declined 99%. Over 100 years, and global costs have declined 26% over the last 28 years. I need to read that to you again as a, as a specific isolated statistic that is global 
and that should shock you to the core. The IPCC, the one that's telling us about the climate emergency and the diebacks and climate justice, because they merge climate justice with social justice and why you should ride a bike and take a bus and walk with be happy you still have gas because in Ukraine they don't have an option to walk. Well, they do have an option to walk around. They do have an option to ride bikes. So I don't know what you're talking about. They're just repackaging climate propaganda and turn it in, into war propaganda because Russia, Ukraine, let's be honest, okay, it's just you and I here. You don't know a damn thing about what's going on in Ukraine. You don't know a damn thing about Vladimir Putin. Hell, I don't either. Okay, we don't know anything except our media has lied to us about Snake Island and Miss Ukraine and hot 17-year-old Ukrainian women with machine guns and wooden cardboard guns on Fox News and gunfire on planes or helicopters that were actually video games and quotes from Zelensky saying that I don't need a ride, I need ammunition, that's fake, and him and military fatigues is fake, and sitting down with Sean Penn is not fake, that's actually real during an invasion, and Zelensky being promoted as some big, you know, incredible uh, Jew, according to The Atlantic. They said, this this guy's an incredible Jew. I don't know what that has to do anything with anything, and uh, then, of course, you know, the stories of the ghost of Kiev. It's all fake. It's all made up. And someone today asked me, they said, will you trust Sputnik more? I don't. Why would I trust Sputnik? <laughs> why would I trust Sputnik more than more than, you know, Western meat? I don't trust either one. I got into a discussion, kind of an argument earlier with some guy, and he just like he wouldn't stop until I said maybe he's listening until I said, like, I, I don't necessarily support what Putin's doing and he's like oh okay we're on the same side no we're not on the same side I understand what Putin is doing more than I understand what the West is doing because what the West is doing is crippling our country what the United States is doing is crippling our country and it's an act of war not only on Russia it's an act of war on the American people and then you're gaslit by that guy with dementia who says the American people are putting these sanctions on Putin. No, they're not putting these sanctions on Putin. You are, and you're forcing prices up at the gas pump. And then, for some reason, rather than focusing on the details, I get people that tell me on social media, as I have, I'm sure that some of you have maybe heard this too, you only care because you're an American, you don't care about anything else, and if it weren't for your wallet hurting, you wouldn't give a damn. And I thought, I don't even know what that, what does that even mean? What do you mean? Well, yeah, I care that gas prices are going up, but that's, what what are you, what are you saying? What do you, that doesn't make any, that doesn't, I can't process that. What does that mean? Who said I don't care about innocent people? What, what, how can people live in this kind of delusion? How can people live with this kind of cognitive dissonance? How can people live in this state of Stockholm syndrome? How can people live in this, 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 with these delusions, these illusions of grandeur? I don't get it. How can, how can, you, how can you be such a moron? Well, the Ukrainians, they can't do anything because of war. Well, I've seen plenty of videos with Ukrainians just riding bikes, walking down the street. Putin is not targeting civilian areas. Always drop a cluster bombs, though. Proof? No proof. If Putin were targeting civilian areas, you'd see it on the news every single night. You'd see dead bodies. They'd have video. They'd have audio. They'd have pictures. They'd have 
buckets of blood and body parts. They don't have any of that because they don't have a story. They're manufacturing it. That doesn't mean Putin didn't invade Ukraine. It's like it doesn't have to be so black and white. You don't have to pick a side. I'm not on any side. Back to the IPCC. Did you know that the IPCC found no trend for global hurricane frequency? That's a little bit different than what they tell you in the news, right? In fact, the United States has not seen an increase in landfalling hurricanes since 1900. Oh, and did I mention that the planet is actually greener now than it has been at any other time in history? Why? Well, more CO2. Not only since 1980 has the world, I mean, when I say in history, I mean like recorded history. Let me be specific because I'm assuming the earth was more green at some point. I I don't know. But since 1980, the world has become more green about the equivalent of three continental United States. It's become, that's a lot. You ever driven across the country? It's a lot of country. That much more green from north to southwest to east, northwest to northeast, to southwest here in Arizona, to southeast over there in Florida. All that is green. All that has been added to the planet since 1980. And that's just what's, what's green. Leaves. Not accounting for forest. Which has, like, why wouldn't logging be considered, like, harmful? Why, why do I have to pick a side and... And be like, well, I don't agree with the corporations, man. And I just want to hug trees and smoke weed and put patchouli oil on, man. What do you think that solves? Nothing. You're just projecting yourself as an idiot who can't think for themselves. So you join a group collective to make it make yourself feel like you're smart. You know, I don't have rhetoric. I don't have talking points. I'm a real person. Hopefully you're a real person. You don't have talking points. You don't have rhetoric. We have conversations. We grow. We don't call for the assassination of the president of Ukraine. We don't call Vladimir Putin a dictator unless we can acknowledge that it's okay to do and to say the same things or for other people to do and to say the same things about your leaders, and the people that you believe represent you. Why can we say that about Putin? It's creating enemies, villains, and allies and heroes. Zelensky good, Putin bad. That's all that you need. Two minutes of hate. Emmanuel Goldstein. Lindsey Graham compared Vladimir Putin to Julius Caesar. Putin's also been compared to Julius Caesar in a welcoming way back in 2015. And we are approaching the Ides of March when Julius Caesar was assassinated on March 15th of 44 BC. We're also in the Pluto Returns, which signified historically the end of the Roman Empire. Pluto Returns conjunct with the U.S. for the first time since July 4th, 1776 in the Declaration of Independence that separated the colonies from the British and led to the steady decline, in, I'm going to say quote-unquote decline in the British Empire, at least British superiority to some extent for some period of time. So we have an incredible series of synchronicities here relating to Julius Caesar, the Ides of March, Vladimir Putin, 
and what we call this war in Ukraine. And I just, I, the, I don't, I really honestly cannot conceive. I'm just talking to you in a real, a real way here. I can't conceive of, of what goes on in the mind of an individual who's like vaccine good, mask good, wear a mask, take vaccine. I don't care about anything except the science. Well, here's the science. I don't want to see it. And then you can just so seamlessly transition from that to Putin bad, Zelensky good, war good, go to war. But actually, going to war is stopping war. You know, war is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. It's literally directly out of 1984. It's out of Orwell. Why do we have to go? Why do, well, we're not actually going to go to, we're not going to put troops on the ground. But yeah, but we're sending weapons. We're levying sanctions. We are financing a proxy war. I mean, do you remember our government actually overthrew the Ukrainian government in 2014 with help of George Soros? You remember that? You remember the reason partly for that was because Yanukovych, the Ukrainian president who won the 2010 election, refused to take economic hitman money, you know, the John Perkins money, turned down the IMF, just like that, overthrow the government. Remember that? Were you concerned about the Ukrainian people then? That's what you should be asking your friends and your family. Were you concerned about the Ukrainian people when they overthrew Yanukovych? Were you concerned about the Ukrainian people during the, you know, the Holodomor? You ever read about that? Remember the Holodomor where 9 million people died? They were starved to death by communists, collectivizers, planned economists. You know, the same people that want to collectivize all countries, erase borders, destroy sovereignty, destroy your ability to speak freely, worship the way you want to worship, defend yourself, have free thought in your head and be able to think without being criticized, be able to speak, to be able to assemble, to be able to protest. They want to collectivize everything to eliminate your ability to rebel, to resist, to take the power out of the hands of the individual and to put it into a lord, into a state, into a Politburo, into a a presidency or a chancellorship or a forum like the WEF or an unelected group of individuals running the UN or the World Health Organization or whatever. A collectivized state where if you don't agree, they come kill you. And I'm not talking about you as an individual, I'm talking about countries. The situation in Ukraine is more complex than I'm going to wear blue and yellow. That is just the most ridiculous thing. I don't know how I just would like to get into the mind of the individual that can literally shamelessly transition. It's like the that meme going around the Internet of the guy who's got like six shots on his arm and he's got a mask on with a Ukrainian flag. He's basically been, you know, he's been gagged and experimented on. And he's like, we got to go to war in Ukraine. This Putin guy's out of control. 
You got people on TV, let's nuke Russia, kick Russia out of SWIFT, ban importing of Russian oil. What, what does that do? That, that hurts the U.S. dollar, that hurts U.S. consumers, that drives the cost of energy and everyday living up. Even if it's been on decline, we shouldn't accept the fact that it's going to go up artificially just because we got to stop this war. You, you, you have it so good, you don't understand that the Ukrainians don't. Really? Well, I've seen plenty of pictures and videos and everybody looks like they're relatively fine. I mean, there are some places where people are hiding and there are some places where people are living their lives. I mean, I, I just it's, it's, it's the same thing with climate change. It's, it's literally the same exact thing. And, and, and all Putin has asked for is cease military action, change your constitution so that you're neutral, acknowledge Crimea as a Russian territory, that should be an obvious one. And the recognition of Luhansk and Donetsk. Don't know if I'm pronouncing those right as independent. I don't really think that's complex. And if you do that, we will pull out immediately. I, I just, they, the media isn't even reported on that. That's what, well, that's Putin. That's a dictator demanding things. Well, that's not really, the West is demanding that Ukraine becomes a part of NATO. It's, it's, everybody has, Blood on their hands, okay? That's why I called the show, in the Ides of War, in the middle of war, all are guilty. Everybody's guilty. But you can't get that through to people because they, they think it's like a football game. Do you like the, do you like the Steelers or do you like the, the Kansas City Chiefs or the, how about the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Do you, do you like the, the Seattle Seahawks? I don't give a shit. This isn't a football game. And, and the funny thing is, people that are so concerned about innocent people are making it out to be like a football game. And it's such a trivial thing based on, I would call it, an illogical fallacy. You're with us or you're with the enemy. It's the same crap as you heard under George Bush. It's the same thing. You want war crimes to be charged against an individual? Let's start with Barack Obama. Let's start with Joe Biden. As far as I'm concerned, let's start with Donald Trump for bombing Syria. Donald Trump should be drawn up on war crime charges, but they ain't going to do that. That was the one time everybody loved Donald Trump. Oh, he bombed Syria. Yeah, give him a round of applause. We bombed Somalia a couple days ago. You care about that? Or Israel's bombing Syria, we're going to put sanctions on them. We're going to put sanctions on China. We need stuff from China, though. We need oil from Russia. Well, we don't. Actually, we could just produce it here, but we've shut that production down in large part, shut down the pipeline and the Keystone Pipeline, And but it's Putin's fault, right? Meanwhile, we're told the environment is collapsing, the ecosystems are collapsing, we're told the world is collapsing, but the world is greener than it's been in 30 years. Climate-related deaths have plummeted to rates that are just, you can't even see them on the, on the graph produced by the data provided by the FDA and the CRED International Disaster Database. Heat waves are... No different today than they were in 1885, 1890, well, 1890, 
Well, actually, they are a little bit different because in 1930 through 1940, there were drastic spikes in heat waves, except on average that, you know, wasn't, I mean, it was a drastic spike, but it isn't like a lot of uh, additional heat waves. U.S. wildfires, for example, uh, fires are down to uh, a percentage that's about 25% of what they burned in 1928. 29, 25% of what they burned in 1930. Cold kills about nine times more people than heat. Global warming actually saves about 166,000 lives a year. Not allowed to say that, though. Oh, and the IPCC, the one that always is telling us about how the world's going to end, the IPCC has found no global hurricane frequency increase trend. And they have low confidence in attribution of changes to human activity. The U.S. has also not seen an increase in landfalling hurricanes since 1900. 1900. Global death risks from extreme weather have declined 99% over 100 years, and global costs have declined 26% over the last 28 years. Also, global cost of hurricanes will likely decline on current trends from 0.04% of GDP today, 2.02% within this century. And check this out. The Paris Agreement, if fully implemented, will cost $819 million to $1.89 billion a year in 2030, yet will reduce emissions by just 1% of what is needed to limit average global temperature rise to 1.5 degrees Celsius. Each dollar spent on the Paris deal will contribute to a production of climate benefits worth 11 cents. You know what that means? That means all the billions, all the trillions, all that money is going to contribute to 11 cents per dollar. That's not really a great investment. I'm not an economist. I'm not a mathematician. But if I'm putting a dollar in and I'm getting 11 cents back, when I could do other things and I could spend the money more wisely, kind of sounds asinine and let's just say it, that sounds retarded. Every dollar spent, billions of dollars, billions and billions and billions, every dollar spent, you get about 11 cent return on it. And it does nothing because no matter what you do in the United States, China ain't participating. And China's responsible for roughly double the amount of greenhouse gas emissions that the United States is responsible for. But despite that, we've actually reduced certain types of pollutants. We've reduced sulfur emissions. We've reduced uh, emissions overall parts per million by large percentages over the last 30-something years. And again, people are wealthier. People are healthier. People are more hygienic. People are living in more sanitary conditions. We have indoor toilets. You know, we have TVs, radios, cars. And yeah, I mean, here's the thing. You have a car and you got to put $4 and right now it's 29 cents a gallon, $4.29 a gallon. And when last week was three sixty-seven. And if you're in California in certain places, you got to put like five, six, six fifty in your, in your tank per gallon of gas. And if people want to skirt the issue and divert attention from honest conversation, they'll say, boo-hoo, poor Americans have to spend all your money at the gas pump. What about the poor people in the rest of the world? 
Let me tell you this. Let me explain this to you. Here's what happens when you go to the first world and you go to the first world of the first world, which is the United States, and you decimate production in that country. You decimate energy in that country by cutting off oil, cutting off gas, cutting off coal, and dumping billions to get very little return into green initiatives that usually go belly up and the money ends up in somebody's pocket. uh, Products, uh, programs, whatever. Wind, energy, for example, that gives you very little back, very unsustainable at current rates. Electricity that you generate for your electric car, it has to be generated somewhere. When you see small businesses fail and big corporations make immense amounts of money as a result of having people encouraged and frightened to go shop there instead of small businesses that are shut down for lockdowns. When you have the first world that begins to suffer, that means the third world is going to suffer far more. And the third world is going to starve and the third world is going to die. And the UN estimates lockdowns caused about it's close to like 100 million more people to be thrust into poverty and starvation. Not really worth it. Not really worth it even a little bit. But that's somewhere else. We don't have to deal with that, right? So that's okay. But then we see gas prices rising and people make that seemingly logical argument. You're an American. You've got all this money. Just pay for gas. we got to stop this Putin war machine. What are you complaining about? The richest countries on earth. One of the richest countries in the history of the world. Why are you complaining? Well, when I have to pay more money for gas and I have to pay more money for food and more money for energy, more money for transportation, when I have to pay more money for the basic necessities of life, When over the last century, they've declined dramatically, drastically, incredibly, that means the price is going to be paid, ultimately not by me, but by the people you're trying to protect, all the innocent people in places that are in the developing world and in the third world. When we have supply chain issues and we have shortages of certain things, Yeah, we should be really, really grateful that we live in America where supply chain issues and shortages means we still have an overabundance and we don't know what to do with it. But when we lose some of our abundance, that affects the rest of the world. That affects the third world. More industrialization, more economic growth brings the world out of poverty. People become literate. People can read. People become more educated. People have access to clean water, sanitation, hygienic information. People are less sick. People live longer. Isn't that the world we're trying to create? It's the world we've already created. Just basic human ingenuity. Plastic has allowed us to transport food and preserve food so we have more access to food, more available food, and it lasts longer. 
Didn't say plastic was the best thing in the world, but there's a benefit to plastic. But we're concerned about a plastic toothbrush. Let's throw that out. Why? Because that tiny little itty bitty tiny little tiny small little tiny itty bitty thing that you might use two or three a year. The average person uses two toothbrushes a year in the U.S. Has no impact whatsoever on your daily, monthly, and yearly waste production as an individual on average. And and no matter what you do, it's irrelevant to what China refuses to do. I mean, look at how powerful the United States economy is. Look how powerful and how wealthy our nation is. And watch what people are doing to our country and our nation. Because what they're doing to our country and our nation isn't just an assault on our country and our nation. It's an assault on the entire world. It's an assault on those third world and those developing countries that are still better off today than they were 50 years ago. We should always strive to do better. We should strive to not have war. But don't act like you know what's going on in Ukraine. Don't act like you know what's going on at the Kremlin. Don't act like you're righteous. You don't like Putin. You don't like war. But let's go to war. Let's subsidize war. Let's have sanctions. Let's send weapons. Don't act like you're a virtuous person. Oh, well, you're an American, so you can afford to pay for the gas. Just pay for it because the Ukrainians can't. They just, we got to help them. We got to help them. We got to help them. Well, how about I just have cheaper gas? And how about the rest of the world ultimately benefits from economic and industrialization as it has for the last century? And then we, we all do better rather than us suffering and the rest of the world suffering as a result of our losing of wealth, which when we have all that stuff, we have less children, we live a a better life. So, you know, rather than just calling for war, rather than calling for the assassination of Vladimir Putin, as Senator Lindsey Graham has, comparing Vladimir Putin to Julius Caesar, mentioning Brutus, too bad there isn't a Brutus who could assassinate Putin. Senator Lindsey Graham tweets, you know, just days after the Pluto returns, which historically signaled the end of the Roman Empire. Putin was also, of course, celebrated as Julius Caesar in a bust of the Roman emperor back in 2015. And it's all happening during the Ides of March. And in the Ides of war, all are guilty. We need to be aware of the Ides because treachery and death are prevalent if we're not aware of the Ides, we might become victim to the Ides, victim to the treachery, victim to the death, victim to the manipulation, brainwashing, Munchauser by proxy, Stockholm Syndrome, rhetoric, propaganda, lies, distortions of reality, and the like. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, a special three-hour version of the show tonight. I put so much energy into this broadcast. Please give us some energy by buying a book. I've got new editions of Occult Arcana and the Technological Elixir. Read reviews on the website. You get a free 
physical copy when you sign up to our advertisement free archive at thesecretteachings.info. You'll get access to the shows, the montages, the digital books, and for yearly subscribers, again, a physical copy of one of my books. We ship overseas, free shipping in the United States. Buy a book, subscribe. That's the only thing that keeps us on air. Otherwise, you can listen to the show for free with the advertisements on the radio and podcast players. Email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. And as always, stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy, and we will talk to you on the next broadcast. Also, don't check, uh, don't forget to check out our Patreon page and our affiliate Pro One Water Filters. Time's up. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.